The Entrepreneurs' Organization, or in short EO, is a global network of successful entrepreneurs. It offers aspiring founders a supportive community for learning and growth. EO provides valuable resources, mentorship, and events to help you navigate the challenges of entrepreneurship and accelerate your business journey. It's a powerful platform to connect with like-minded individuals who can inspire and guide you on your path to success. Join EO to access a world of opportunities and insights for your entrepreneurial endeavors. For more information, head over to eocurich.ch. As an entrepreneur, you're creating something new. So, so the answer to all these questions is not on paper, and it's not, it's not, you're not going to figure it out with discussing it with, something, with, with someone. Because the answer to those questions, if it's actually a valid business, is out there and you have to create it. And so when you start this journey, the only thing you have is your conviction. And, and for me, that's a learning, like something I took away from this was, the, the, I really, like as long as I have this conviction, it really doesn't matter if someone says it works or it doesn't, because at the end, we don't know. No one knows. I also don't know, right? So the only thing I can go with is I believe in it. I'm trying to build it and maybe I win, maybe I don't. But at the very least, I gave it a try. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm very happy to welcome you on behalf of uh, Entrepreneurs' Organization Zurich. We were very glad to receive this invite from the organization of the Startup Days. My name is Ronald Semp. I'm a founder and investor uh, in several startups. Um, among them, I, I co-founded No Time, which we sold to Swiss Post. And uh, I currently, I'm currently invested in around about uh, 3,000 startups. Um, the reason why I'm moderate, moderating here today is I'm the incoming president of Entrepreneurs Organization Swiss, uh, Zurich, and um, all my friends and colleagues from Entrepreneurs Organization Zurich are willing to talk about a topic today which is not that often talked. Being at the top of an organization means also that you're rather lonely. And once you start something, also, a lot of people don't have, oh, wow, you're a, you're a starter, you're a founder. You also get a lot of negative reactions. And that's what we want to talk about today. Entrepreneurs' Organization General is the biggest organization in the world from entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. We're around about 17,000 people around the world. And Entrepreneurs' Organization is present in more than 60 countries. Two chapters, one in, in Switzerland, one in Zurich and one in Geneva. And entrepreneur organization is for people that have companies that do over one million of turnover, but also we also have an accelerator. And I think uh, Eileen will tell something about that later because she joined EO as an accelerator. So let me first start by asking the standard Roshe Shavinsky question and start at the very back there. Jerry, who are you? So I'm, I'm Jeremias uh, Meyer. Um, so I, I've been an entrepreneur for 
all my life. Um, so I, I've founded uh, two companies, uh, among them uh, Bexio, an accounting software you might know. And currently I'm a partner at Session VC, uh, a founder-led uh, early stage venture fund. So my name is Eileen Zumstein. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you. Thank you for your interest. I am co-founder of Voice. It's a marketing and communications agency. Uh, we also develop own business models. Um, I also co-founded other companies in consulting, investment, agriculture, and the financial industry. I have been a EO member for a couple of years, but started previously, as Ronnie mentioned, with the EO Accelerator program. It's an amazing program for founders who want to scale their business. And uh, yeah, some of us are still on the board of EO Zurich. Hi, everyone. Great to meet you. I'm Flavio Fafhauser. I am a co-founder at Beekeeper. Uh, I'm a techie, uh, I'm a sailor, and uh, yeah, among some other things, I'm actually passionate about two things. Uh, one is a beekeeper. Um, we stumbled up on a challenge that two billion workers in the world are disconnected to, to their companies, to the processes in the companies, to the system in the companies, and that's one passion to fix that, to connect the workers to their companies. And the second thing is, is sailing and being in nature. Um, whether it's sailing on the lake or, or ocean or just hiking and spending time in the mountain and looking forward to the session with you. Hi, everyone. I'm Carlo. Um, I started my first company right um, after high school. Um, I found a Clever Clip, which is a digital design and um, digital design company, um, which I built up bootstrapped to about uh, 40, 40 employees right now. <laughs> Um, and then my latest venture is called Pabio. Pabio is an interior design tech company in the interior design space. And um, we've been one of the first companies to get accepted, first Swiss companies to get accepted uh, into Y Combinator. And um, yeah, been doing that for, for the past few years. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, at EO, it's about your personal growth. What we do at EO is we meet at least once a month in a group called a forum. And it's all about personal growth. And what you do in a forum is you really get vulnerable. In order to grow, you need to sh show that you're, se you're yourself vulnerable. Where are your struggles? Your personal struggles, your struggles in the company, and your struggles with your family or with your friends. Because as an entrepreneur, there's no such thing as a work-life balance. Your life is basically your work because you're building your baby. And in order to grow, showing, being vulnerable and showing that you're vulnerable, you will get back and the feeling that even though you think you're alone, you're not. Everyone else is struggling as well. And already this thought really helps. So that's what we want to do. We will talk about the darker moments we had. And I would like to start with the first area that we wanted to start is how were the reactions once you guys started your company? A lot of people say, oh, well, I got a very good, lot of good reactions, of course, but it's not the ones we want to talk about. What were the, the, the negative reactions you got? How did people around react you, um, towards you um, once you started your company? And I can 
immediately tell you one story from myself. When I started, I had friends. When we went away, I did not earn any money. I was basically living out of my savings, and I didn't have any savings anymore because I put everything in the company. So I was basically living out of my wife's salary. And I even spent that investing into the company. So we were spent a weekend on Portugal, and I wanted to buy a case of wine. And one of my closest, oldest friends at that point said, did you get clearance from your wife in order to buy wine? I mean, in the end, she's paying the bill. And I was really, wow. And I didn't know why it came. Probably it was jealousy, because probably he wanted to build his company his own, but he couldn't, because he didn't dare. Or probably he had a partner who didn't let him. For whatever reason, um, I had such reactions. It was not the only one, but it was one I wanted to share with you. And I'm sure you guys have reactions like this as well. Who wants to go first? Uh, yeah, f fine to start. Um, yeah, I, I started my, my first company during my studies in St. Gallen. It was 2008, and everyone um, around me wanted to become an investment banker, a consultant, and my colleagues went for internships to McKinsey, Roland Berger, and so on. And they were very excited about the career days at Heiske and so on. Um, I, I just didn't felt very comfortable um, going that way. And that's why I started a, a, a tiny little company with two friends in the Tockenburg. So, um, and back then, like the Tockenburg um, wasn't cool. And being an entrepreneur or a founder wasn't cool um, either. So we... I felt very lonely because I was the only one. The others were telling f fancy stories about, yeah, we went, we met the McKinsey partner in London and we did that and that. And I was just building and selling websites <laughs> to, to other companies. Um, yeah, in, in, it, at some point, this, this perception then changed. But for me, um, it was very hard because, like, I was, it, when I was, I was surrounded by people. Um, which gave me like uh, uh, the impression that what I am doing is like not the right way. If, if you if you're at Heiske, you should go in consulting or banking or whatever. And I just did, and I was not sure if I'm too lazy to do that, if I'm not intelligent enough, or why I'm ending up as an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, that was my experience. Well, I had different, different kinds of reactions. Like when I founded my first company more than 10 years ago, I was like a bit older, like 30, 30 plus. And it was a company consulting and strategic communications. And like for people, it was like, oh yeah, communications, everybody can communicate. And there was this older guy who said, yeah, but Eileen, you know, I mean, there are so many people and I mean, how, how will you survive? How will you earn money? So in his case, it was not any, it was just he didn't see the value. And for him was like uh, doing something, consulting, strategic communications, like everybody can do. It's not sexy. It's not a tech company or whatever. Then when I co-founded Monalp, that's a, a company that provides bills and rents out a mobile cheese diaries for farmers to actually proceed the milk. And I had a good friend of mine who is employee at sea level and he said like, oh yeah, but Eileen, I mean, how will you earn money? And of course, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, uh, you need to earn money at the end, but it was always like the question, but how do you earn money? It's a good question, but I was never asked like, what problem do you solve? Um, so it's always, I think, I noticed that just some people have a different perception of, of taking risks. And I had also a lot of friends, actually good friends of mine, who um, 
who went to university with me and they would like say, oh, okay, yeah, oh, you're founding a company. And I, I knew that they, they actually, they would also want to, to actually found a company. But as they already had like uh, got used to like a more luxury life, like buying houses and going on vacation all the time, um, they, they, they don't and they never had and they still don't have the courage to actually uh, found a company. So that was the moment where I also unfortunately felt uh, enviness. You're happy to take the, the next go. Um, While well, there have been many good, good sides, there have also been darker sides in, in my founder journey. Coming out of ETH, I think very similar like you, uh, Cherry. Um, ETH, very structured environment. Uh, for four or five years, I knew exactly what will be then my next lecture in, in my next semester. And uh, coming out of ETH and then starting a company, um, actually a dating business. Uh, that was the first, <laughs> the first business we started before we pivoted. Um, yeah, I kind of felt like, did I study at ETH to, to build a dating business? I actually, you asked about reaction from people. I think initial reaction about myself, from myself, was actually, I was ashamed to, to start a dating business and go out there and, and talk about it. It was a challenge with myself. Um, and I think ma along the journey of many more challenges with myself. Um, but thinking also about other people um, after going into my savings and just not getting any salary for a while, not having any investors, um, also from family, close family, like my mom would ask questions around, you know, <laughs> is it the right choice? There's very safe jobs where you get uh, continued education, good salaries, etc. Um, and this was in the context of actually failure in the family of, of my dad, who was an entrepreneur and, and his business failed and it had like wider implications on, on the family. And she, she trying to protect me or support me. Um, at the same time, I, I, I persevered. And I think also later, um, when we went through the first pivots and talked to the first investors to raise money, um, I mean, generally there was a lot of, no, um, you have wrong team, wrong market opportunity. Um, so a lot of no's that uh, uh, I think initially my resilience was, was very low, but then over the time um, that, that resilience, that, that skin grew thicker. Um, and maybe to finish um, also one reaction from another person when we um, shifted from the dating business into of selling technology to businesses, um, Today, um, his company is a unicorn company, and uh, but at that point, uh, while he was super supportive of the of the dating business, um, uh, he said, "Hey, I don't think this will work. Um, no one will buy this technology. It's like a flirting or dating app." Um, and well, we, we proved him wrong, and also the investors. Um, so that's some of uh, my stories uh, of my initial journey. Yeah, I can, I can, I can just second what has already been said. In, I, I founded two companies, and in both cases, um, people, you know, deeply questioned if there's a validity in, in, in the business model I pursued. Um, the first company I started, Cleverclip, we, um, we were the first in Switzerland to produce explainer videos, those three, three-minute animated videos that you know, um, Swisscom and all the others um, use. And and I remember that people said you. Explainer videos back then didn't exist. Like the, the term didn't exist yet. 
So, so I remember, um, you know, people coming up to me and saying, so what, were you going to create a business around creating comics for, for companies? That doesn't sound very smart. Um, and with the second business, it was exactly the same. Um, when, we, when we pitched the idea, when I talked with friends and families and investors, um, you know, you, you always get, well, we always got pushback. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You're not going to make money with that. And at this point, early on, because as an entrepreneur, you're creating something new. So, so the answer to all these questions is not on paper, and it's not, it's not, you're not going to figure it out with discussing it with, something, with, with someone. Because the answer to those questions, if it's actually a valid business, is out there, and you have to create it. And so when you start this journey, the only thing you have is your conviction. And, and for me, that's a learning... Like something I took away from this was, the, the, I really ha like as long as I have this conviction, it really doesn't matter if someone says it works or it doesn't, because at the end we don't know. No one knows. I also don't know, right? So the only thing I can go with is I believe in it. I'm trying to build it, and maybe I win, maybe I don't. But at the very least, I gave it a try. Because again, we're we're in the business of creating new things, and per definition, it's really, really it's, it's impossible to assess if, if this new thing that doesn't exist yet is worth existing, right? Because you don't have any, you don't have any, any ground layer to, to kind of refer to it. So, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, second topic I would like to talk about is being lonely. Um, and that, I will go first again with the story. Even nowadays, I was very fortunate. I was able to sell more than one company. I had really nice, really, really nice exits. Nevertheless, every two to three months, I have one sleepless night where I, because if you ever, if I don't know, if you ever had a startup and you know that you, you are running out of money, I still have this feeling that I won't have enough money to run my things. It, it, even though it's totally irrational these days. Nevertheless, it happens to me every second, every third month, once a night, that I'm not able to sleep. Uh, I've, I found ways to cope with that. I get up, I have to walk, I get some fresh air. And in order to fall asleep, I usually listen to some childhood fairy tales that really call me down and then I fall asleep. But it happens every two to three months. Yeah, I think you have loneliness stories as well. I think you're very. Uh, he's uh, much further along in the journey because it's only once every few months. With me, it's once every second day. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> good on you. Um, um, but I can I can only second that. Like um, as a as a as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, um, your job is to fix problems, and problems are everywhere all the time. Um, it's it's just a layer, a cascade of shitty things that you have to solve. And once you kind of remove the first layer, like the second layer pops up and you're again in a problem and then another layer comes on top of that. So you're, you're constantly just working on those problems. And some of them are big, some of them are small. And quite a few of them cause sleepless nights for sure. And, and I think the loneliness comes from, um, as the founder, as the CEO, you're at the top and you're the one responsible for everything. So all this shit that happens, it may not be your fault, but you are responsible for it. And I think that causes this, 
this low, this feeling of loneliness that you don't have anyone else to to kind of point the finger to, right? Because all the fingers eventually point to you, and you have to deal with this reality. And I think that's the that's the hard part. Right, loneliness. I like loneliness mixed with with impatience. Uh, I, impatience is a feeling I had a lot uh, throughout the, the the founder journey. Um, yeah, we actually took quite a while to to get to our product market fit, and I was I constantly impatient with myself, impatient with the business. Um, uh, saw like our friends are doing well, or other startups are progressing faster, and just felt very lonely, very stuck there. Um, I think that was that was one one feeling of of impatience uh, and loneliness, and I think um, the other where I also tend to feel lonely is when I get very stressed, distressed. Um, I just tend to sort of com communicate less with, with my co-founders, with my peers. There's actually a big support net um, around, but just uh, being stressed about work, about um, my role at work when we grew quite fast, um, where we doubled almost every year, and expectations uh, towards myself um, where yeah, I, I just sort of try to solve it in that distress mode myself without reaching out to that support net that was actually there. So, yeah. I think loneliness is like the most toughest topic within being an entrepreneur. In my case, it's also the reason why I join, joined EO actually. Because I actually never had like, okay, some of my friends are entrepreneurs, some are employees, and I shared a lot of thoughts with my father, who has been an entrepreneur himself. I share a couple of thoughts with my husband, who is an entrepreneur himself. But I also notice I can't always talk about all the problems that are everywhere and 24 hours to share them with, with my close family. So I have to admit, I feel often very lonely. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I have good friends, I have EO, I have, uh, I'm, I'm married, I'm, I'm happy, I have good friends, but still, there are a couple of, of, of topics that I would like to share with you. So the first time I felt really lonely was when I split it from my business partner. Um, it actually, the initiative came from her and I just was shocked. I, I was very sad. I was very disappointed. I fe felt overwhelmed. It, it, I just didn't understand, okay, why do we go separate ways? Actually, it was now uh, looking back the, the best thing because we didn't share same values. We didn't have the sh same vision for where we want to go to. But that time it was like, I was not at EO yet. And um yeah, I was honestly, um, yeah, I was, I was completely out of order. And although I knew, because my father would always say, you know, Eileen, uh, business partnership is in more intense than marriage. And uh, I would really say it's true. It's, it's very intense. So that was a very lonely moment. And it took years until I also noticed, okay, you know, really let go, let go from all those pains and stuff. I often feel lonely because I'm a person, I have a lot of doubts. I doubt all the time, like, how can I be a better leader? How can I make better decisions? How can I invest good money in good areas and not spend good money in bad areas? How can I also be an inspiration for employees? How can I be a good supporter or sparing partner to my CEO and to my business partner? So I always doubt, but I, on the other hand, I believe it's also my engine of, of, of being an entrepreneur. I had a lot of loneliness the past um, 
weeks, actually horrible Q1 2023. Businesses didn't go the way uh, short in cash. Uh, we had to fire people. Um, we got um, a very short in term, short notice, um, no from a strategic partner. So many, many things. And at the same time, also loneliness, because um, my, my husband, who is also a business partner, so we share projects. He was also like at the end. And then he being at the end and me being at the end, like that also affects the marriage and it, it affects the relationship. So normally one of us would like, okay, you know, let's go. And there are a lot of positive, we are healthy and everything. But we were like both uh, completely, yeah, um, out of order. So that was also difficult. I felt lonely beside actually uh, my husband and, and, and part of my family. Then I'm always lonely with a topic that maybe sound, sounds a bit strange, but like also, you know, focusing and, and balancing your energy. So I am a, a high sensitive person and yeah, high sensitivity, but um, I always feel alone with, with the topic, especially people would always think, okay, Eileen is like a, yeah, she's a you know entrepreneur and she has a lot of energy and she has good ideas, but still I, I need those moments like being on my own, going quick for a walk. So this is also a topic that I often feel very lonely with. <clears throat> yeah, lo being being lonely uh, <clears throat> for a, for a long time. Like w among my friends, I, I was the only entrepreneur. Um, others were pursuing corporate careers, became teachers or what, whatever. And I felt very lonely, especially in these moments when, like, from outside, my company appeared to be very successful. And everyone was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what you're doing. And I, I always, and then I, because we're really close friends, and I, I also shared, like, bad stuff happening. And you know, we had to restructure that. And this, this project uh, fucked up. But in the end... I was not really uh, understood. So they, it, it, so a learning I had. It's like it's a real difference to share your your dark uh, your darker experiences among entrepreneurs and um, then then sharing it uh, with non-entrepreneurs. It's just not if you're if you're not an entrepreneur, it's so hard to to understand why um, it's it's really a ride on a roller coaster and not just like even if you build a successful business it's still um, not always very, very funny. So, um, but now I have also uh, entrepreneurs among our friends and that, that helps a lot. <laughs> I would like to share a last story concerning loneliness with you guys. Even, you know, when we, so we successfully sold a business and everyone thought, yeah, now you must be very excited and very happy. I took three months off. The problem is, at some point you realize you lost your purpose. You built your purpose, your company was your purpose. To build that and to kind of, you know, you think every day, wow, it would be nice to build a company, to grow the company, to exit at some point. How amazing would that be? Well, then you do it. And then your purpose is gone. And what do you do? You tumble into a deep hole, I tell you. And everyone around you thinks, wow, this guy, this dude must really be happy. And yet you're not happy at all. And these are the real lonely moments where you need exactly 
guys like that, and I think, Jerry, you had a very similar situation after your exit, right? Yes. Um, uh, that that you're really happy that you have people around you who have seen something similar. The last topic I would like to touch on, guys, with you is change of behavior. Change of behavior of people around you. May it be in failure or also might it be in success? What did you guys experience there? Who would like to start? Change of behavior. Of, mm, so I, I, I certainly have less friends now um, than 10 years ago. Um, but I think that's primarily my fault because I wasn't able like to maintain a lot of relationships during, um, especially the, the, the darker times. So I was so focused on on um, on, on building my business and and, um, and and working on my company that yes, I've I've screwed up some some relationships, and um, I think that this then also changed the behavior of certain um, certain people. Then, like after the, the, the big Bexio exit, um, I noticed that some people suddenly came back and it was like, yeah, come, let's catch up. Um, and I felt, I was always like a little bit, I felt suspicious and I wasn't sure, um, is, it, is it really about... Um, about our friendship or, or is it about something else? And um, still I have, I, have, I have like a very good group of very close friends. And as I said, like teachers, entrepreneurs, uh, business, businessmen, but everything, just really everything. And for me, that's, that, that means a lot to, to like still have like the same friends than 10 years ago. But yeah, when I think of, of it, it's like just, it's more about quality than about quantity. And how many letters did you get from banks and wealth oh, managers yeah, good, after yes, you exited? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this were that's not about friends. Uh, that's their job. But change of behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you called them before, it was very oh, hard yeah, to get yeah, somebody sure. on the phone. Yeah, after absolutely. that, they sent you messages yes. all the time. Eileen. <laughs> Well, the longer I have, or I have been an entrepreneur <coughs> and also growing my small portfolio, the less people, and I really mean like also close friends and colleagues, ask me how I am. They just actually think, okay, we don't actually need to ask because Eileen is doing well anyway all the time. So that's, that's very interesting. Then what I have noticed is, so what do we have to 23, two years ago, we sold the company that I, where I was co-owner. And since then, yeah, there are just more people who come and ask, like if I, I'm interested in investing or also LinkedIn, like people who are, who, yeah, just want to send me their pitch decks and um, also see that I have a broad network. So try actually also do, to, to actually get some contacts. Uh, that's very interesting. And then another topic is also that I'm often asked to do like volunteer job. And then I ask myself, yeah, but probably they think I, I, don't, I don't need or don't want to earn money anymore. And I mean, it's just not true. So that's very interesting. And I think what Jerry said, I would also want to highlight is that, um, yeah, 
friends, people, the, the people you have as friends, it, really the kind of friends you have change. Like, I think also I have less friends and the friends that have been very close to me or to us are entrepreneurs as well, like both entrepreneurs or either or. So uh, um, that's, that's really different. And then also what happened, I mean, just to take also not just a successful example, but there was also a business that I had to close down just uh, a couple of weeks ago and I didn't receive any reactions from people around me because I just assumed that people can cope with failure or like stopping um, a business. And I would have wished like, you know, people like coming and, and say, okay, hey, that was such a good idea, you know, how come? Or, um, I mean, I had some reactions from people I don't even know who came with ideas or did you think of that and that, and even here during startup days, but from, from like uh, my close friends there was actually no reaction. Change, change in behavior, um, yeah, uh, good question. So in our journey, I mean, obviously many things are not, not publicly visible. I think what was always very visible is when we raised some capital from investors and I think there is, is a lot of inbound messages from, from all sorts of, of, of people. Um, so I think there's just to, to have a good spam filter or just to, to have shortcuts <laughs> to archive messages um, to keep focused on the business. Um, but I think one, one interesting thing which I, which I want to focus on a bit more is more the behavior um, in co-founding teams as you go through different growth stages and um, you start out with some roles and um, initially co-founder and myself, we were really like kind of like co-CEOs and then we go series A, series B and uh, there's all of a sudden large teams and I mean also the roles change over time and I think this was uh, uh, challenging uh, in, my, in my founder journey. Uh, how do we uh, reinvent our roles um, on our journey so we can work together? Um, so we... Uh, we, we, when we disagreed on things, um, certain stages of our founding journey, it, it just became more difficult and we needed to, to change our behaviors, our roles in order to, to continue to be effective as a team. And uh, I see, I find we uh, found a really great way, like the beekeeper way of, of uh, you know, continuing uh, our collaboration. And at the same time, I, I see also many founding teams that, that don't make it or that break down. Um, or that uh, ruin shareholder value at, at the end of the day. So I think uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I wanted to share with you. Hmm. I think changing of behavior when you're successful or, or when you're dealing with failure um, in others has as much to do with, with the change of behavior in yourself. I think what I've observed, um, how others reacted to me, but also how I thought of myself when I'm, when I got my first kind of taste of success, um, got a lot of compliments and, 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 and people kind of taking me more seriously. And, and that in turn led a bit to cockiness, right? Uh, thinking that I figured it out, thinking that I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm maybe smarter than, than, than the others. And then when I, when I failed, um, exactly the opposite happened, 
where um, people maybe didn't take me seriously anymore. And at the same time, I started to question myself, right? Like my, my project failed, so therefore I failed, so therefore I must be a failure, so maybe I'm not good enough. And in both cases, I mean, it's, it's I think, very far from the truth. And in both cases, it's just the ego trying to um, make itself more important than it, than it actually is. I think that's why humbleness, I believe, is so important, such an important virtue as an entrepreneur. Because I, I don't think you, you're as important as you believe you are. Um, you do your work, you show up every morning, and then maybe success happens, maybe failure happens, and you're mostly just there observing it, and you're doing the work. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest learning for me, is just I'm, I show up every day, I put in the work, and then I just observe what happens, because at the end, I, you know, it's m most of it, if I'm really honest with myself, most of it, in both cases, is out, out of my control anyway. Thanks very much for sharing, guys. I would like to open the questions toward you guys because we also said we want to have a talk with you. So we have the most amazing volunteer and the most expensive mic carrier I ever had, Dominic. Uh, we'll come around with the microphone if you have questions in order that you're on the record as well. Read those guys. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for sharing all your experience. Uh, I'm Regina. I'm short before uh, starting my new business. And um, I'm still trying to figure out which way to go. So my question to you guys would be, um, which of you are with an investor in the back and who has founded the startup with all private money, family and so on? We have a good mix, actually, no? I think. Jerry? Uh, yeah, I've done both. My first company was completely bootstrapped, and my second company, Bexio, was uh, heavily funded um, by, by VC money. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would do the same again. So uh, I love the, the ride um, of the, the VC-backed startup, and I also love the, the bootstrapping business. I think that the, the most important difference is that um, if you onboard VCs and you, you, you need other people's money to build your, 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 uh, your business, you will, you will lose a certain amount of control and you need to be okay with that. And you need to go full speed and all the time. So it's all about growth. And if you, when we build our bootstrap business, there was a year when we said, oh, now this year, it's not about growth. We need to like fix some stuff in the organization. And that's not going to happen if you, you, you have VCs on board and you really need to go big uh, or go home. And so there's nothing between, in between. So that's, that's my experience. So, but um, I love both. Next question. Eileen, oh. no. you want to share no, something? No, no, no. So I just thought maybe some more you know, comments oh. on. No, I think. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, first of all, thanks so much about sharing openly. I think like it needs to happen much more often because in TechCrunch and Startup Tech, everything, everybody's doing amazing, everybody's raising funds, everybody's having exits and becoming a millionaire, which is not so true if you have WhatsApp conversations with the same people. And what I would like to, your opinion on, I think like typically it's accepted that like the best sales rep is not the best VP sales and the best software engineer is not the best like VP engineering CTO. But every founder like, 
just is like a CXO, like Pete, like a CIO or like CEO in four cases out of five here. How do you, how did, who did you need to become from starting the business to in the end, like be the CEO of like, well, anyway, like 10 to 200 people in your case, um, speaking about the personal development, um, um, yeah, I think the job profile just changes a lot, right? Like at the beginning, you're just, you know, by yourself or, or in our case, two. And, and, and you're, you're the product guy and, and you don't, you know, you don't need much leadership skills. And then eventually um, you hire people and then you have to hire people who hire people and then it becomes a whole thing. So um, I think either you grow into it, um, which I think I've... I've somewhat done successfully in, at my previous company or you just um find people who who um you know who help you out it's you only have those two choices and i think there's no there's no shame in in saying i'm not i have many friends who who say i'm a really good early stage ceo a really good early stage entrepreneur who builds you know from zero to one but then after that, I'm just not. I'm just not made for for scaling it up, and I think that's there's no shaming that. That's absolutely fine. It also depends on what you want. Where, where do you see yourself? Do you want to be the CEO um, of the company? I think it's also a personal choice whether you still want it. Um, like for my myself, I enjoy a lot um, building new things. Um, while we grew and you know, my team was 70 people at one point, I think it was just, yeah, the team grows exponentially, the complexity grows exponentially and to manage people is, is yeah, it's a lot of people, people challenges. Um, and it's kind of, the whole thing is about people challenges, right? And that didn't make me happy, it made me more stressed. So I think it's also just getting to know yourself better over your founder journey and and see, you know, is the founder, founder journey, uh, the CEO role, uh, the right role for you, or, or how can you add value to probably your, your biggest investment in, in your overall portfolio, right? Because you're also a, probably big investor in your startup because of your time and you started a company. So how can you make it most, most valuable? And it can change as well. Like maybe at the beginning, you really enjoy like having and leading your team. I always thought like, wow, it's so cool to have a big team. And I, after years, I realized I don't want to manage people anymore. I think it's just people's topic. Uh, I delegate it to others. So I, I step back from like leading teams directly. But it's also like a bit of journey. Okay, let's get one last question. Yeah, thank you very much for the presentation. Very amazing to see these insights. Um, I wonder how you feel about your decision to actually sacrifice a lot of ordinary stuff like social life, time with friends, uh, for this path uh, of freedom and wealth, maybe. Do you ever regret taking this decision or what's your taking on this? That's a very nice one. I would love to take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I, a couple of years when I turned 40, I um, did a birthday party and I was preparing a speech for three months. And I said, the best 
three things I did in my life or happened to me in my life. First was marrying my wife. Second was becoming an entrepreneur. And third was joining EO. Because honestly, I wouldn't give it for the world. I wouldn't give it for the world. Because if you really hang on in there for like five, seven, ten years, at the end, you're able to really get the freedom that no one else can. I always tell my founders, and they go through hard times, I said, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to do what no one wants to do for five or seven or ten years, you will never be able for five or seven or ten years to do what no one else can do. Hmm. That would be my my personal answer to that. Yep. So <laughs> I would like to I would love to end on a positive note because we were talking about dark things. So I would like to do a quick <laughs> round and start with you, Jerry. Um, what's the most amazing thing you order? What's the most, that's, what's the thing you love most about being an entrepreneur? What I definitely love the most is like to work with amazing people. I think that's uh, the number one thing for me. Aline? I mean, forget about brain fox and scary nights and sleepless nights. But I think for me, like freedom of really following your own ideas, your vision and being your own boss. I think that's amazing. Although sometimes I hate my boss, but uh, at the end, it's just really it's freedom. And it's um, yeah, it's just the best. I mean, I would I wouldn't go back. I would really recommend everyone to if ever found and create a business. It's it's a very creative thing to be be a founder entrepreneur. Um, so many challenges and problems every day. Um, that's uh, what keeps me hungry and in the game. It's it's just so abwechslungsreich. I like I forgot the word, diverse. but diverse. Yeah, it's just uh, no day is like another day, and that's just what keeps me going. Hmm. I think. I mean, I think you're, you're, you're actually, it sounds very cheesy, but I think you're actually changing, changing the world, right? You make a little dent because everything that like the, the chairs you're sitting on, there's a company behind that, right? The, the bottles you drink off, is a comp there's a company behind that. The phones you use, there's a company behind that. Everything that anyone ever uses has somewhere an entrepreneur that eventually at one point started a company. And so anything in the future that will exist will be at one point founded by someone, uh, maybe someone of you, right? So, and there's no, there's, there's, there's no, there's no other way. So, so th that's what keeps me going, right? Like you, you're actually at the precipice of changing how things are. Because anything that comes after will be, will like you can follow that back to, a, to one entrepreneur doing one crazy thing at some point. So um, I think that's that. With this amazing statement thanks guys we got a spot-on landing thank you all uh, thanks for being here and uh, see you at you we hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did you can support us by rating our show on apple podcasts 
This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs. <laughs>